Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... In my case, it was, you know, the mental health um, issues and overcoming kind of mental illness. For the next person, it's overcoming cancer diagnoses, it's overcoming alcoholism, it's overcoming, you know, an eating disorder, it's dealing with the death of a child. And I think for all of those people, running has played a huge part. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Let's go, let's get you fired up. Then, once you've listened to this episode, you need to get your trainers on and get out there, because I know what will have happened. You will no doubt have all eaten too many Easter eggs last weekend. That's what, that's what you do. That's what you do at Easter. You just eat your own body weight in eggs, and then you suffer when you're out there during your runs, because you're just feeling a bit bleh, a bit lethargic, a bit heavy. Don't want that, don't want that. I want to turn a corner now, so let's go. Get you fired up. You ready? You ready to rock? I'm, I'm ready to rock, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely ready to rock. And I've done yeah. a, an, an all-time record for me, personally. This Easter, I only had one egg. Was it like a massive egg, though? You know, like a like a dinosaur egg, you know, like huge? Oh, it was quite a large egg. It was yeah. quite a large egg, and there was a lot of chocolate in it. So mm. it did... It, essentially, I started doing that thing where I start sweating too much and then feeling bad about myself, a uh, little bit of self-loathing, and then I went, oh, God, no more eggs. Stop. So what you're saying is that that claim that, oh, I only had one egg is not as great as it may sound. It sounds amazing, and I'm very impressed, up to the point that you then confessed that actually it was a rather large egg. Let's just gloss over it. Let's just gloss over it. Uh, do you know, I've got some great news about the podcast this week. You know how previously we've always talked about, like, sponsors have, have approached us, and we've um, we've always said no because it's not right for the show and all that kind of stuff. We've spoken about it. We don't want to be sellouts, you know? You've always discarded any potential sponsors like a used tissue sir it's not good it's not good we want to grow and expand the show well i remember the time that accidentally we were sponsored by i like bread.com which was a particular low moment but today i've got to tell you that today's show is actually sponsored by a really cool sponsor they approached us i thought you know what it's absolutely great so today i've got to say this jake that today this show is sponsored by manscaped they are the best in below the waist group their products are precision engineered tools for the family jewels. You know how important that is, don't you? <laughs> you do. You should see Manscaped's performance package. It's the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. And you know us, we're very hygienic. You can join over 4 million men worldwide. The 4 million men who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, okay? Because they're sponsoring us today, we have an exclusive offer for you as a listener. 20% off. So if you need... A little bit of care, 20% off, and free worldwide shipping with the code RUNNING at manscaped.com. Go manscaped.com, decide what you want, stick in RUNNING, and you'll get 20% off. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Initially, I, w- I wasn't so sure about this. I mean, I think it's understandable. I was like, well, this is a little bit out there. I'm not sure. Is it right? Is it right for the tone of our show? A little ball of motivation? And then I figured, yes, I think it is. Because I think this is very relevant to the men listening to the show because, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why, Manchester Marathon recently, I know we talk about it a lot, obviously, off the back of that, it was only a few weeks ago, going into that race, I made sure that everything was sorted. I got my kit sorted, you want to get your nutrition nailed, you want to get your hydration nailed, and yes, I know what you're thinking, did he want to get his balls nailed? Yes, I did. I wanted to make sure that they were in good working order. And i tell you why. Look, this is true. We mentioned Rory Horseman on the show last week, who's a previous guest on the podcast. He's also a friend of mine, taking part in the Boston Marathon. We're going to catch up with him later on the show to see how he got on. But 
he and I had a chat recently, not on the topic of balls, but on the topic of feeling good when you run. If you feel good, then I think psychologically you are in a good place, right? So if you feel like you look good, you feel good, you're just in that place where you're able to perform. And I know this sounds a little bit crazy, a little bit out there. We're talking about balls here, but it was definitely high on the list of my priorities. I have a little notes, little list in the phone, pre-race. What do I need to do? One of the things, good old trim. Works, works, it works. It does, it works. And before, before the guys from Manscaped sent you the Lawnmower 4.0, which is what you now use, what did you use, Jake? Be honest, just be well, honest. This, I will be honest. Just be honest, and just say it now. It was the beard trimmer. I used the beard trimmer. <laughs> you go, so you go from the beard to down below to the beard to down what what are you cross-pollinating man yeah but it's not like an interval session i don't i don't do it in one sitting it's not like upstairs downstairs upstairs downstairs it's just one then the other and i do tend to do the face first but i'm always clean by the way i mean that's that's hugely important to point out and i am a bit of a clean freak as well i am a bit of a clean freak so just to say you know hygiene and and i don't want people to misunderstand and get the wrong end of the stick thinking i'm doing like crazy upstairs downstairs things with a trimmer i'm not <laughs> and i don't do that anymore now i don't do that anymore because now i can specialize thanks to the guys at manscape i can specialize with the lawnmower 4.0 i mean it's got a light on it right it does have an led light i thought what why 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 does this ball trimmer have a light on it what is this about but you know you can get in the nooks and crannies and it is true because obviously there is and guys listen to the show will totally get this if you are a trimmer you look you will get this because first of all, there is a technique to it. You don't want to go to, you don't want to crop too fine. Crop too fine, that's not good. Bit stubbly, you know, a bit of chafing going on when you're running. You don't want that. It's just uncomfortable. But you want to get, you know, you want to get neat and trim. And getting down there, getting into position is not so easy. So I think with a little bit of a light there, the old LED, I think that really helps actually. Plus, you can you can do that stuff in the dark, you know, with the rising price of electricity, you don't even need the lights on, which is great. You know, you 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 are using that and I'm using the uh, the weed whacker, which is the um, one of the other products that the guy sent us, which is brilliant. Now I'm aging, um, I have issues with uh, hairs coming down my nose, and so with the weed whacker, all I do is I whack that up there and I tell you what, <laughs> Breathing better. What's more, straight from the, straight from the nose, cross pollinating into the ears, Zzz, straight into the ears, and I can hear better. I can breathe better. It's a no-brainer. That sounds really positive. And obviously, I'm not quite your age yet. I am heading in that direction, of course, a few years away now. But the the nose thing, I'm all over that. I'm all over trimming the nose hair, and I like to keep that nice and tidy. Now, the ear hair, I don't have any hair growing out of my ears at the moment. I have. That's what I you mean, think, but you well, don't see in there, do you? That's the issue. Martina's on it. Martina is on ear hair duty she she's sp- does spot checks honestly randomly she'll just pull me over she's, excuse me we could be in Sainsbury's anyway and she just pulls me over <laughs> and just starts having a little look in, in the uh, in and around the ear now interestingly I don't have hair in the ear but I have just one just one hair just on top of the right ear that just randomly grows so I have to kind of pluck that out so I don't necessarily need any kind of specialised equipment for that but I'm thinking when hair starts to grow in my ears man I mean Martina's going to let me know because I can't see it right and then I'm going to be all over that. I'm going to be all over that. You need to be. You need to be. Anyway, the good thing is we're hooked up with the guys from Manscaped. Thank you for the support on today's show. And and you can get 20% off, and this is just for listeners of Running With Jay, get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUNNING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Running, Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. Don't cross-pollinate like my friend Jake used to. I never used to trim, you know. 
I've not always been a trimmer. What, what took you from being not a trimmer to being a trimmer? We all have these defining moments in life, and I had one many years ago now when I went on a bit of a lad's holiday. Bit of a lad's holiday. There was three of us, just three, and we were we all thought we were cool as, you know, kind of, oh, we were all into the gym, and we went away, we were in Cyprus, and we thought we were the bee's knees, and of course we weren't. And one day we're on the beach, and uh, we're chatting to this uh, group of girls, and... I'm trying to be funny. It's not working, but at the time I thought it was working. I tried to be funny. So I'm thinking I'm cool. And then my friend turns to me and says, when are you going to let your nipples out of the cages? (laughs) I was mortified. I was, I tried to laugh it off. Sure. But inside I was dying. I was, I was torn to shreds. So from that day forth, I vowed I would always, always keep my nips in neat Good working order, always. Uh, do you know what? I think we've had a good insight now into uh, balls and nipples, and that's um, that's good. It's nice to share, isn't it? Sharing is caring. I can't wait to hear who's going to sponsor the show next week. <laughs> For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Right, I think it's time that we get another great guest on the show. Love this part of the show every week, speaking to very inspirational people, all things running, getting into their story. Rachel, welcome to the show. Nice to chat to you. Hello, Jake. Yes, what, a, what an introduction. How, how do I follow that? I'm not quite sure, but, but thank you for the very warm welcome. Oh, it's, it's a, very, very much appreciated. We're, we're all about warm welcomes on the show. We'll have no problem chatting with you, Rachel. Obviously, we've just, we've had, we had a brief catch up before we recorded, didn't we? You seem very bright and breezy yes. today. You seem very full of energy. This is good. How's your day been so far? Have you been running? I, I did a, a fantastic um, trail run. I mean, it's a beautiful um, day today, and I'm really into a trail running at the minute so I've, I, I'm yeah I do feel really energised after that yeah it's, it's gorgeous around here we're not short of hills um, it's a blue sky so there's not very much to um, there's not very much to complain about really from, from from my side of things it's been a cracking start to the day good like to hear it let's let, I hope it's not all downhill from here it won't be it, it won't be it won't be downhill <laughs> I want to ask you about your book that's coming out but I just want to I, I want to go backwards I want to start at the beginning if I can because it's it's great for us to talk to people like yourself to really get into why running you don't have to run nobody chooses well we, we, we're not forced to run rather we do choose to run yeah, yeah how did it start for you how did you get into running I'm going to describe it as a false start for me simply because I had kind of two running starts one once a long time ago when I was aged 18 and this is the false start I'm going to tell you about <laughs> um but I'm not going to describe that as my real running epiphany because that happened a few years later and I'll, I'll come on to, to talk about that too. But yeah, my initial introduction to running was aged 18 when I was really at a low. Um, I'd, I'd been unceremoniously dumped by a, a not a very nice boyfriend at the time, very young, um, just feeling really kind of a little bit lost in myself at, at the time. And um, I've kind of talked a little bit about this journey in in my first book but it it kind of it came to me to just put a pair of trainers on and go out with the front door and just you know see if that helped it couldn't really get any simpler than that really but I couldn't think of a good reason not to so I mean I was living with my mum at the time and and that was really the start of me tentatively interested not particularly in running at the time but interested in in 
fitness and and it did start to have an impact on my mental well-being but that wasn't a running epiphany so it was kind of an introduction it's funny you mentioned that rachel because i found that really interesting that it's almost like the the running was a vehicle to, to unlock some fitness and some wellness and to get you feeling a bit better yeah. was it the accessibility that that yeah. you loved about it you know what why running what made you think it was the accessibility and it was kind of there were no good reasons not to you know, I didn't need to pay a lot of money for, for kit. I didn't need to go anywhere to to do it. It was a thing that I could do from my, from my own front door. There were many reasons for me to give it a try and there weren't so many reasons for me not to other than kind of a, a fear of, oh my God, you know, I can't do this and I'm going to look ridiculous. And all of those things, you know, I was kind of submerged in, in, in a sea of all of that stuff, you know, that I, I wasn't immune from feeling embarrassed going out and shuffling and you know walking up slight inclines and all of that stuff um but it was kind of a thing that I didn't know why I was still doing it but then I kept doing it um so I did stick to it even though I wasn't in love with it and I wasn't kind of a a running convert it did help me to get some basic level of fitness I wasn't fit at the time um I've struggled with my weight, um, with my body image and all sorts of stuff through my teenage years. So this was kind of a, it was a tiny way into discovering a certain level of fitness and at the same time running alongside that self-esteem. Yeah, it's it's massive for yeah. that, isn't it? it, it I, we find, you know, I say we because we speak to lots of different people on the show, right? And sometimes we find that there are people that just, it's just breaking down that barrier to to get involved and and not running by the way but fitness you know my background's personal training Rachel so you can imagine being around commercial gyms as I spent a lot of my time a lot of my years I bounce around the gym I'm used to the environment other people aren't if they're the first time they've ever kind of oh I'm I'm going to get fit you know and if they've got their own stuff going off in their own mind whether that's body image stuff whether that's fitness whether that's whatever's going on you know not healthy relationships whatever that first step that hurdle it's just it's so it's so difficult it was many years after that initial introduction that running sort of reappeared in my life what had happened in the years since i discovered my love of fit of fitness not particularly in a running capacity but i left i trained as a lawyer qualified as a as a solicitor was working in the city but then i decided to leave and pursue a career in in fitness it wasn't running that i loved it was just being active and being fit so i set up a studio in a lovely uh location quite a rural location i convert you know i was faced with the prospect of converting an old chicken shed into a fitness studio which I did and then I ran that for five years and and people would come to this old chicken shed and you know we had the um you know cable machine and a couple of treadmills and weight free weights and stuff so it was far more about the fitness journey and so it was not a running epiphany um if you want to know when I really discovered my love of running I mean the answer to that is is um after I'd had my daughter I've got one little girl and whilst I was pregnant with her I set myself a goal to run the London Marathon when she was seven months old and that would be my first marathon it was a big enough goal to scare me again I didn't quite understand why I was so so committed to doing this and if it mattered such a lot to me so I set myself this goal I did get in, bizarrely, um, on the, the the London Marathon ballot. And then when my daughter was, was born, I kind of very quickly shifted into training mode and, and trained up to run that marathon. And that period of six and a half, seven months 
from having my little girl to standing on the start line of London. It was so, such an enormous journey packed into quite a short period of time. The importance of, of running and the fact that it had become such a, a key part of my survival strategy, I think, as a new mum. So it kind of gave me this massive surge of strength on the other side of, of motherhood, which had terrified me, really. And that's when I really had the epiphany and, and kind of fell in love with running. And, and that was when the marathon running began. And, and, and it just became a huge part of my, you know, self-care toolkit. It helped me to stay off mental health medication, which I have done for 12 years. And um, that was the time at which it just became a huge part of my life. And, and that that took over from just the fitness so there's a big time gap between age 18 tentatively going out of my mum's front door and being 33 at the time so there's a big time gap in between i don't think that's uncommon you know rachel i say this a lot because you know sometimes but running's a weird thing isn't it because pretty much everybody's done it at some point even at school because he had to you know, cross country or PE, they're yeah, kind of yeah. forced to do it. They love it, I'm yeah. sure, most people. And some people kind of continue with it if they're kind of good as a, as, a, as a junior and they kind of, you know, get into all that county level and beyond and whatever else, maybe influence from mum and dad that are runners or stuff and stuff like that. But some people just kind of lose it, as I did. I was not interested in running at all. I did a little bit of running just as like a warm-up for a weight session when I was into that, when I found the gym at college. But then it was only later through a client offering me a place in the London Marathon, one of my personal training clients. And, and I went, oh, yeah, OK, I'll do that. And then just kind of carried on with the whole running thing. I broke myself in the race. I want to ask you about your experience in London. But what I find really interesting, you've said this a few times during this chat so far, about, oh, I'm not really sure, I'm not really sure what it was about it or why I kind of just carried on. And I get that. So we talk quite a lot on the show, Rachel, about, understand your why so because i think that is important if you can understand why you do something and why you want to do the london marathon it helps you with all that accountability stuff but sometimes people aren't totally sure what that is but it doesn't mean there isn't a reason very good question actually and it's interesting because i've had time now and i've had in the years since i've been able to go back and kind of ask myself that question and it's changed it's changed over the years and i think one of the the biggest thing for me back in sort of 2011 when I decided to, to run the London Marathon and it became such a, an overwhelming um, drive. It wasn't even, it almost didn't seem logical. It was kind of like, I, I'm determined to do this, I'm going to do this. And I think for me, a massive part of it was the journey into motherhood. And I think it was in some way symbolic for me that I could get myself physically and mentally in a place where I felt not only able to reclaim myself after this kind of nine months of in, you know incubation and having to come off the mental health meds that I'd, that I'd been on for at that time, it was it was again it was about twelve years. You know there was such massive shifts in my kind of um, in my life that the marathon was kind of symbolic of maybe the start of a new me emerging at the other side of, of motherhood. So I'm pretty clear about my why now it just I couldn't have perhaps articulated it at the time um but it's only kind of in retrospect that, I, that I'm pretty clear what that was and, and it was about the the demonstration to myself that I could get myself in physical and mental shape to kind of deal with this this terrifying prospect of this little ball of gurgling <laughs> crying pooping flesh that you know otherwise felt so alien you know it just seemed to be just a thing that I could do to reclaim myself and redefine who I was perhaps and and start 
on the journey of motherhood in a position of strength rather than a position of kind of fear and anxiety. I think that was the the massive catalyst. It makes perfect sense, Rachel. I I love it because it's it's really significant running a marathon and I really believe, and I, it gives me goosebumps as I say this, right, and listening to you, it, it's really, it's a really significant thing to do. And I think over the years, potentially, marathons may have lost a little bit of, to a degree, some importance in, in the sense that a lot of people do them now, more and more people. And it's great that lots of people do them, by the way. I love it. But actually, I don't think people should take away that significance of doing it for whatever the reason or the driver or the mo- motivation is you know you cross that flipping finish line after covering 26.2 miles i mean 26.2 miles i hear you and and i think the important thing to remember i think jake is is everybody's on a personal journey we've all got our own reasons and we've all got our own you know what there's a real danger in thinking of, of you know, constantly and endlessly comparing ourselves to, you know, to other people. And, you know, whether yours, your journey is a marathon or whether it's a 5K or whether it's a 10K or whether you, you choose to do ultras, you know, everybody has their kind of thing that, that matters to them, that resonates with them. And I think it's a bit like being on a, a vibrational frequency. My frequency was with the marathon distance and that's what I ended up doing um, for the next 10 years. And, and that's what I kind of gravitated towards I didn't have any aspirations of doing of doing anything else I, I didn't particularly enjoy shorter distances but you find your your thing and go with that and I think there's a danger nowadays particularly with social media and we should perhaps step away from this comparison and understand that your journey is going to be different to the next person's journey mine happened to be relating to a marathon when the context of that yes I'd been very unfit as a teenager yes I'd come last in cross country but the truth of the matter is it wasn't ludicrous for me because I'd trained in not particularly running as such but in fitness in the years running up to that so it wasn't a ludicrous goal for me it was just something that resonated with me that worked within the within the context of my lifestyle at the time and you know, I don't think it'd be right to suggest that another person might want to run a marathon for seven months after having a kid. That's not necessarily another person's goal, but you choose or you're driven. I don't even know if it's a choice, but you're driven towards goals that resonate with you. Massive takeaway there, Rachel. Context. It is so important. And as you touch on social media, even as a running coach, I find myself victim to this sometimes I allow myself to get drawn into certain things you know and I catch myself I try to be aware not always aware but try to be a little bit self-aware as I get older and you 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 catch yourself kind of thinking things and getting drawn into comparing yourself to others that are doing races or whatever it might be in life we talk about you and how it started for you and your wellness and your journey but you're clearly very passionate about getting that message out to other people helping other people whether that's through the fitness stuff that you did whether the books that you've written your first book running for my life was obviously about you and your journey but the new book you've got that's on the brink of being released very exciting running for our lives tell me a bit about that okay it started when my story when it was published and i was kind of wet behind the ears and kind of didn't realize i don't know what i was expecting but i wasn't perhaps expecting to hear from as many different people whose own stories resonated with a part of mine not not all of it because you know we've all got you know 
very different life experiences but I began very quickly to receive messages direct messages um, emails um, people would share part of their story with me and say oh my god you know part of your your childhood relates to mine or I can see myself in in this part of your, your journey and it became really clear to me that there were many things we had in common even if our life experiences had been different and that happened over a period of years and it, it didn't stop happening (laughs) it didn't kind of stop happening and it made me feel like I'd never been alone on that journey and it made it clear to me that other people were on their own journey and they're also not alone and I began to hear these stories and people would share incredibly intimate parts of their own journey with me because they felt like they were able to after you know I'd, I'd perhaps opened up about mine and these are ordinary and yet at the same time extraordinary stories the people that you would see at park run the people you would stand next to in, in you know at the start line of a marathon the people that you'd pass jogging in the street you know you've got one runner going one way and you say hi you know and that running could help them to deal with and overcome and find joy not even just a you know dealing with tragedy and you know it's not a, so- a sorry sad collection of stories these are people who've been able to find overcome whatever issue appeared in their lives out of nowhere in total 17 different stories in the book and there are there are a couple of stories in there that I've got a personal connection with um but there are some people who as our experiences have got no relation yet we've been able to bond over this love of running and we you know it's kind of like of an exploration as to how running helps us to heal. In my case, it was, you know, the mental health um, issues and overcoming kind of, you know, physical and, and mental illness. But in, in another context, for the next person, it's overcoming cancer diagnoses, it's overcoming um, alcoholism, it's overcoming, you know, an eating disorder, it's dealing with the... the, the the loss of a, of a baby is dealing with the death of a child and I think for all of those people running has played a huge part. What do you think it is about running that is so powerful over and above some other forms of exercise? What is it about that rather than jumping on a bike in a gym? I think there's something kind of primal about running. I think there's something, there's almost something in our DNA that that it's something that co- we we are our own barrier to running and when we get out of our own way and allow running to be to be a part of us and be a part of our lives I think it's something that we're just you know obviously I've I've got a a load of running books you know Born to Run is one of them you know there's something in us we're meant we kind of know that we're meant to move we've got our two two legs you know we are designed to run it's no it's no extraordinary feat for us to do that and I think we know being outside helps fresh air um things like setting goals it can seem when everything else is out of your control and there's a massive amount of overwhelm whatever your circumstances are I think there's something about setting yourself those incremental goals that can give you a sense of empowerment a sense of achievement when you know you're able to progress beyond perhaps where you at one point thought you you could I mean I think there's a real balance there because I think that can get in the way as well and it can become an obstacle if you're not careful but I don't think it's the only tool by any means that can and should be relied upon by by people um but it's helped me to be able to manage my mental health and to create a real stable base 
um, for my life going forward, which I didn't have prior to having my I think daughter. there's so many things there that I want to pick up on that you mentioned, Rachel. I think just some awesome stuff. The fact that there are so many different things. You say I can fill an hour talking about all the different reasons people run and what they get out of it and why they love running versus something else. And of course, it's not the only answer, as we say. But isn't that amazing that there's so many different things? The thing that leapt out for me, you talk about Primal, I would describe it as pure. For me personally, it just feels pure. Just get out. And I love the outdoors. I love being outside. It's like being a kid again. It's like an adventure when I get on the trails and I just just look at the environment and I explore different footpaths and I get lost safely. You know what I mean? For me, it's like being a kid again. I just love it. How do you get some downtime outside of running? So, you know, you talk about it's important, it's not the only tool. To give yourself that space... How do, how do you get that? Is it, Do you have other things that you can turn to? I spent pretty much 10 years training for various marathons after that first one. I was getting faster and, and developing and, and kind of, you know, on to the next. Run London six times, um, got to Boston Marathon in 2018. So I was on a, a journey for, for with a real drive for, I don't know, self-improvement, you know, getting the times, whatever. But... After so long a decade of, of doing that, I think I had to step away from that singular kind of targeted goal setting to enable me to really enjoy the freedom of running again. And and I think, you know, there's been a real shift. You know, for example, I'll give you an example. I run without a watch. Now I don't, I run on predominantly on the trails. I run without a watch and um, far more inclines, better views, beautiful um, off-road trails. And it's just a way of me kind of backing off after a decade of kind of the marathon chasing thing. I also do love yoga. I do quite a lot of that. And I find that to be, you know, I've done that for quite a few years now alongside the running. It, it, that's been a thing that's that's really, I love it. I spent a couple of years on a bike. So I did, you know, I had a bit of a journey on um, cycling as well. Never loved it anywhere near like I love running. There's no question about that, but it was a fun journey to be on. I'm glad I went on that journey. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about it's got to resonate with you. So that goal or the reasons behind why you run and things change, don't they? I mean, you said that you, you have different, different reasons to do things at different stages in your life so at one point it was for quite a long time it sounds like it was goal orientated chasing times boston london ran it six times you know amazing stuff but then you go hang on no i want to get on the trails i want to have some fun i want to look after my mental health which has always been a goal and i'm not going to bother with a watch so i think you've got to you've got to periodically i think ask yourself these questions am i still getting out of this activity what i want to get out of it i think that's really really important rachel it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today first of all if people want to keep up to date with you do you post any running and stuff are you on like the social are you on the social on instagram yes i'm on on instagram as um rachel underscore running underscore for underscore my underscore life so rachel running for my life on instagram well if you listen to this episode now and you're thinking i completely missed that because i'm out doing my run listening to this episode i have no idea what rachel's instagram is don't panic we're going to link it in the show notes which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast so that's all good we can keep up to date with what you're up to and of course Exciting news, the book, it's out May. Where can people go to find out more about that? Where, where's it going to be available? If you link to my social media, you'll be able to access it from there because it'll be on my, my bio. But um, basically, if you look for my name on Amazon, um, you'll come up with the, the three books that I've, that I've published. So that's probably the easiest way to 
to do that. Awesome. We like that on the show. Keep it simple. Again, we'll link in the show notes page, so make sure you go and check the notes out. Rachel, it's been a pleasure. We do have one last question for you. Before you go, we ask all of our guests this question. Are you ready for the question? That's not the question. Yes, I am. But yes, go ahead. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Um, It means this quite simply, do what you love to do. Um, And it's taken me, I've been all around the streets and houses with personal goals and achieving different bits and pieces. And um, I've had my mindset on, you know, I want to get here and there and all the rest of it. But ultimately for me, it comes down to if you do what you love on a pretty regular basis, I don't honestly think you can go far wrong from from How's that for an answer? Fantastic. If we if we had a scoreboard, you'd be near the top. We don't have a scoreboard, but if we did, <laughs> Pete, we should get a scoreboard. We should have a scoreboard. We've done we've asked enough people. We should. Although, do you know, I mean, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just suspicious. I don't know, Rachel, but I I all, there's a part of me that thinks that you rehearsed that because you've heard the show previously. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not casting aspersions. Oh, uh, do you know what? No, well, obviously you're free to cast as many specials as you like. But <laughs> Although I'm aware that obviously with you being a solicitor, I do have to be careful with what I cast and how I cast it. You really don't have to be careful at all. No, I think really, I think really we, we, we just have to acknowledge that, that yes, yeah, I was able to come to come back really you extraordinarily were. quickly with, with that one. And no, it wasn't rehearsed. Oh, wow. but thank you I for am the impressed. Well, objectively speaking, yeah. I don't care. I just love the answer. I thought it was awesome. And I think everybody <laughs> listened to this world too. I say, Jake, get, get, get her on a lie detector test. <laughs> Rachel, great to chat to you. Have a great week. Catch up soon. Thank you for having me. Cheers, guys. Running with Jake, the podcast. Now, do you want the good news first or the bad news? Let's start with the bad news. The bad news is we unfortunately have been unable to connect with Rory Horseman, my friend, fellow running coach and former podcast guest who is in Boston doing the marathon. We wanted to give you the latest on the ground immediately after the event to see how Rory got on. He was obviously feeling very nervous, as you know, but we've been unable to do that. Obviously, everybody's trying to call everybody around the world and let each other know how they've done. So we can't connect, unfortunately. I'm sure he did well. I'm sure he's in one piece and we will update you next week on the show. However, the good news is it's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from Steve, who recently took part in the Brighton Marathon, but unfortunately his race was hindered in the last few miles by suffering cramp in the calf. He's training for the Chester Marathon later in the year. He wants to know what he can do to avoid it happening again. Steve, I think there's a couple of things that I'm going to throw you away for you to try in training. That's really important. In training, ready for the Chester Marathon. The first thing is making sure that you are well hydrated. Now, you want to make sure that you don't drink too much. Obviously, you don't want to overdrink because that can be problematic and sometimes unsafe. But making sure you are A, drinking enough and B, making sure that you've got the balance of sodium right. So it may be the case that you might need to consider just taking on board some electrolytes. That can really help hydration and potentially help reduce the risk of cramp. The second thing is, particularly if you experience cramp in the later uh, stages of the race, as I did in the uh, in the hamstring in the Manchester Marathon last year. I think in training, trying to simulate a little more of the fatigue that you may experience come race day might help alleviate those symptoms of cramp, hopefully prevent it from happening at all. So maybe as you get closer to Chester, obviously not too far out, but as you get closer to the race, maybe doing some longer, uh, sort of faster runs towards the end of those long runs. So your classic weekend long run, you might want to pick the pace up towards the end of it. Just 
just pushing the effort a little bit, uh, putting some more marathon pace into those runs, I think that can really help your body to tolerate what you will ask of it come the day of your marathon. I hope that helps. Good luck with your training. If you've got a question, then it's hashtag SJake, or you can drop me an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. A big thank you to today's guest, Rachel Cullen, and also to the show's sponsor, Mm. Manscaped, I think you'll be finding. Let's all keep our balls in nice, trim working order. Oh, yes. And can I just say that their boxer shorts, outrageously comfortable. Uh, I know that you didn't get any boxer shorts. I pinched yours, Jake. I'm sorry about that. They were a bit too big for you. They'd have been way too big. They'd have been baggy with me just right. Don't want baggy pants. Don't want baggy pants. Oh, you don't. If you fancy some Manscaped yourself, uh, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUNNING at manscaped.com. Choose your stuff. Use RUNNING as the code. Right, that's it. I'm out of here. It's been a bit of a long show today. Just want to make sure that everything's in nice working order downstairs. Have a good week. (laughs) Leave them alone. See you next week. Oh, and one more thing. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will.